Okay, chapter 19, part 2. At first, I couldn't believe my dog was dead. I started talking to him. Please don't die, Dan, I said. Don't leave me now. I looked to Mama for help. Her face was white as the bark of a sycamore tree, and it hurt her. It hurt, and her eyes tore at my heart. She opened her mouth to say something, but words wouldn't come out. Feeling as cold as an arctic wind, I got up and stumbled to a chair. Mama came over and said something. Her words were only a murmur in my ears. Very gently, Papa picked up old Dan in his arms and carried him out onto the porch. When he came back to the house, he said, Well, we did all we could do, but I guess it wasn't enough. I had never seen my father and mother look so tired and weary as they did on that night. I knew they wanted to comfort me, but they didn't know what to say. Papa tried. Billy, he said, I wouldn't think too much about this if I were you. It's not good to hurt like that. I believe I'd just try to forget it. Besides, you still have little Anne. I wasn't even thinking about little Anne at that moment. I knew she was all right. I'm thankful I still have her, I said, but I, how can I forget old Dan? He gave his life for me. That's what he did, just laid down his life for me. How can I ever forget something like that? Mama said, it's been a terrible night for all of us. Let's go to bed and try to get some rest. Maybe we'll all feel better tomorrow. No, Mama, I said, you and Papa can go on to bed. I think I'll stay up for a while. I couldn't sleep anyway. Mama started to protest, but Papa shook his head. Arm in arm, they walked from the room. Long after my mother and father had retired, I sat by the fire trying to think and couldn't. I felt numb all over. I knew my dog was dead, but I couldn't believe it. I didn't want to. One day, they were both alive and happy. Then that night, just like that, one of them was dead. I didn't know how long I'd been sitting there when I heard the noise out on the porch. I got up, walked over to the door, and listened. It came again, a low whimper and a scratchy sound. I could think of only one thing that could have made that noise. It had to be my dog. He wasn't dead. He had come back to life. With a pounding heart, I opened the door and stepped out onto the porch. What I saw was more than I could stand. The noise I had heard would have been made by little Anne. All her life, she had slept by old Dan's side. And although he was dead, she had left the doghouse, had come back to the porch, and snuggled up close to his side. She looked up at me and whimpered. I couldn't stand it. I didn't know I was running until I tripped and fell. I got to my feet and ran on and on, down through the fields of shocked corn until I fell face down on the river's bank. There, in the gray shadows of the breaking dawn, I cried until I could cry no more. The churning gray squirrels in the bright morning sun told me it was daylight. I got to my feet and walked back to the house. Coming up through our barn lot, I saw my father feeding the stock. He came over and said, breakfast is about ready. I don't want any breakfast, Papa, I said. I'm not hungry and I have a job to do. I have to bury my dog. I'll tell you what, he said. I'm not going to be very busy today, so let's have a good breakfast and then I'll help you. No, Papa, I said. I'll take care of it. You go and eat breakfast. Tell Mama I'm not hungry. I saw the hurt look in my father's eyes. Shaking his head, he turned and walked away. From rough pine slabs, I made a box for my dog. It was a crude box, but it was the best I could do. With strips of burlap and corn shucks, I padded the inside. On the hillside, at the foot of a beautiful red oak tree, I dug his grave. There were wild mountain flowers that would grow in the spring, and I laid him away. I had a purpose to bury my dog up there on the hillside. It was a beautiful spot. From there, he could see the country for miles. In the long, white, crooked line of the river, a tall, thick timber of the bottoms, the sycamore birch and box elder. I thought perhaps that on moonlight, moonlight nights, old Dan would be able to hear the deep voices of the hounds as they rolled over the river, river bottoms in the frosty air. 
After the last shovel of dirt had padded into place, I sat down and let my mind drift back through the years. I thought of the old KC baking powder can and the first time I saw my pups in the box at the depot. I thought about the $50, the nickels and dimes, and the fishermen and blackberry patches. I looked at his grave and with tears in my eyes, I voiced these words. You were worth it, old friend, and a thousand times over. In my heart, I knew that there in the grave lay a man's best friend. Two days later, when I came in from the bottoms where my father and I were clearing land, my mother said, Billy, you'd better go look after your dog. She won't eat. I started looking for her. I went to the barn, the corn crib, and looked under the porch. I called her name. It was no use. I rounded up my sisters and asked if they had seen little Anne. The youngest one said she had seen her and had gone down into the garden. I went there calling her name, but she wouldn't answer my call. I was about to give up, and then I saw her. She had wiggled her way far back under the thorny limbs of a blackberry bush in the corner of the garden. I talked to her and tried to coax her out. She wouldn't budge. I got down on my knees and crawled back to her. As I did, she raised her head and looked up at me. Her eyes told the story. They weren't the soft gray eyes I had seen so many times. They were dull and cloudy. There was no fire, no life. I couldn't understand. I carried her back to the house. I offered her food and water. She wouldn't touch it. I noticed how lifeless she was. I thought perhaps that she had a wound I had overlooked. I felt and probed with my fingers, but I could find nothing. Father came in and looked at her. He shook his head and said, Billy, it's no use. The life has gone out of her. She has no will to live. He turned and walked away. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't. With eggs and rich cream, I made a liquid. I pried her mouth open and poured it down. She responded to nothing I did. I carried her to the porch, and later in the same place, I laid the body of old Dan. I covered her with gunny sacks. All through the night, she would get up, and I would get up and check on her. Next morning, I took warm, fresh milk and again to open her mouth and fed her. It was a miserable day for me. At noon, it was the same. My dog had just given up. There was no will to live. That evening, when I came in from the field, she was gone. I hurried to my mother. Mama told me she had seen her to go up... The, go up the hollow from the house, so weak she could hardly stand. Mom had watched her until she disappeared in the timber. I hurried up the hollow, calling her name. I called and called. I went on to the end. I went up to the headed, up to the head of it, still calling her name and praying she would come to me. I climbed out of the flats, looking, searching, calling. It was no use. My dog was gone. As I thought, a ray of hope. I just knew I'd find her at the grave of old Dan. I hurried there. I found her lying on her stomach, her hind legs stretched out straight, and her front feet folded back under her chest. She had laid her head on his grave. I saw the trail where she had dragged herself through the leaves. The way she lay there, I thought she was alive. I called her name. She made no movement. With the last ounce of strength in her body, she had dragged herself to the grave of old Dan. <laughs> 